0: Well, today is the start of our series, Family Circus, and to get started today, I've got to tell you the story of one of the times in my life where my family most felt like a circus. So to help you understand this story a little bit and provide some context, I've got to tell you something about my mom. My mom only has one eye, not like a psychops or anything like crazy like that. My mom only has one real eye. She lost an eye to medical complications in her mid-20s, and so she has one real eye and one eye that is a removable fake eye. And yes, that led to some funny and weird moments in life, including the story that I am about to tell you. So I grew up in church and my family was one of those families where we were there all the time. Like if the doors of the church were open, we were at the church and our church had Sunday night services most of the time, which were different from the Sunday morning service, which means you went to Sunday morning and then you went home, watched football, you watched the Packers, and then you went back to church for Sunday night service. And this was a church building that was built somewhere in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I think my dad told me that the... The decor was actually done in the 1980s, which meant there were big wooden pews with burnt orange upholstery. And if you're wondering who would choose burnt orange upholstery, it doesn't match anything. It does match when the carpet is also burnt orange carpet. It was wonderfully terrible. No one has weddings there. It's, fan- it, it, it's amazing. Anyway, so our family goes to Sunday night service one night. And Sunday night service was usually a bit more laid back than Sunday morning and a little more interactive. We sang less worship songs. We usually didn't have a full worship team. Um, and a lot of times before the teaching time, our pastor would open up the service for people to share testimonies. And some people started sharing testimonies of things God had done in their lives and ways God had answered their prayers. And while this is happening on this particular night, my mom had taken off her glasses and was rubbing her eyes because something was irritating her eyes. And while she was rubbing her eyes, you may guess what, what, what happened. My mom's fake eye popped out of her eye socket bounced off of her lap and rolled under the pew in front of us, which is amazing. If you're a kid who's like the slightest bit bored in church, having your mom's eye pop out of her eye socket, roll off her lap and underneath the pew in front of you is just about the best thing in the world that can happen. Okay? So my mom gets my dad, my dad mom grabs my dad's arm and says, Steve, get my eye, my eye rolled under the pew. And to my dad's credit, like, like this is amazing. Without flinching, he just flung himself off of our pew, got on hands and knees to find my mom's eye. The only problem was it didn't stay under the pew in front of us. It kept rolling. So now my dad starts army crawling under multiple pews until he found where the eye had stopped rolling. And as a kid, I mean, I was just... I have never been more interested in church than this moment. I was just riveted to the drama. How far did it roll? What if it rolls all the way to where the pastor is standing? And my dad just pops like, you know, pastor's talking. And then my dad just pops up with my mom's eye right in the middle. Like that would be the most dramatic thing that could possibly happen. Anyway, so eventually my dad pops up three or four rows in front of us with my mom's fake eye in his hand and turns back to us trying to mouth, I got it. I got it. And at that point, our pastor goes, oh, Steve, did you have a testimony? And my dad just pops up. He goes, yeah, I found the eye. Walks walks back to where our family was sitting. My mom took her eye from his hand, walked out, walked to the bathroom, washed the eye off, put her eye back in, and came back and sat down like nothing had ever happened. It was an amazing night at church. I mean, like you want to talk about a, a family feeling like a circus? That was the moment where I knew, at any given moment my family could become like a circus now chances are you probably haven't ever had something like that happen in your family but chances are also pretty good that you've had some moments in your family or with your family that just that felt just as much like a circus because let's be honest every family feels like a circus sometimes every family feels like a circus sometimes in fact for some of you you've got some key parts of every circus if you've got kids of a certain age and grandparents of a particular personality chances are you have enough stuffed animals around your house to form a form your little petting zoo right like you have you have a mom who's able to juggle maybe not juggling balls but juggle schedules with the best of them some of you recently got married or had a child and you feel like you got shot out of a cannon into a whole new world the only problem is while the circus has a net You've just got your house. There's no net for you to fall into. Some of you guys out there, you've got the strong man thing going down, or at least you've got the mustache for a strong man. Like, but, but maybe you've even got the strong man thing going right up until that moment that your kids want you to get down on the floor and play with them, and they jump on some very unfortunate parts of your body, and you become a very weak man in just a moment. Okay. And I only see how you know many of you ladies. I, I only see your pictures on Facebook, so you know I don't know what you look like all the time. But I feel pretty confident in saying at least some of your families. You may even have your own bearded lady, okay? Now, here's the thing, every family feels like a circus sometimes. Every family has those embarrassing moments, those moments that aren't funny at all while they're happening, but you look back at it with a lot of laughter later. Every family has those moments that feel like things have gotten too chaotic Every mom- family has those moments where it feels like the schedule has gotten out of control. Every husband and wife have some disagreements and even some fights. Every parent and child relationship gets tricky at times. Every family has moments where it feels like the kids have gotten out of control. Everyone feels a little crazy when making the transition from kid, kid to adult, kid in relation to their parents. And everyone feels like things get a little crazy from time to time managing relationship with the in-laws. Every family feels like a circus sometimes. The rub is, and the thing that we're going to be addressing over the course of this sermon series is simply this, no one wants their family to feel like a circus all the time. Like every family feels a little bit like a circus sometimes, but no one wants their family to feel like a circus all the time. No, like, so, so there's incredible grace in this series for the moments that your family feels like a circus. But what you know, and what I know is none of us set out in the journey of family and dealing with the most important relationships in our lives. These family relationships, not one of us sets out in them or gets, gets into them or chooses them or grows up in them thinking, man, I hope this feels like a circus forever. None of us want our family to feel like a circus all the time. Let me just put it this way, to, to speak really bluntly about some of the things that in the course of family life sometimes end up making us feel like we're, we're in a circus. Like the the, the, the reality is that, that none of us, no one wants their family to feel out of control and chaotic all the time because the schedule is too big and the kids are going crazy. Like, none of us want to feel like our family is is out of control and chaotic all the time. No one wants their kids to be out of control all the time. If you're a parent of, of children, young children, teenage children, adult children, No one wants to feel like their kids are out of control all the time. No one wants their schedules so full and chaotic that they never have time to actually sit down and eat dinner as a family or read a book with their child or go to their kids' sporting events or do something that doesn't involve doing anything but just being with their children. No one wants their schedule to be so full that that's what happens. No one hopes to be so busy keeping track of the kids that they forget they have a marriage that also needs attention. No one wants their finances and their family to come into conflict like they do far too often no parent has kids so they have a teenager to fight with in 14 years like not one person has ever gotten married so they have a spouse to fight with for the next 40 years no one's going like man i can't wait to get married so i have a person i have just one person to fight with for the next 40 years so that when people see us they think man that doesn't look like they love each other it looks like they kind of want to tear each other's faces off so like but man like like no one set out going like man that's the dream that's what I hope for my marriage. That's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for our family. That's what I want for the most important relationships in my life, for it to just look and feel like a circus all the time, like everything is chaos and everything is out of control and everything is conflict and we don't really get along together, but we we're stuck together because for whatever reason, God put us together, but so we're just gonna just going to manage and we're going to make it through, but it's going to feel like a circus all the time. No one wants their family to feel like a circus all of the time, but... Isn't the reality of of a lot of our lives that even though we don't want family to feel like that, that our families end up feeling like a circus far more often than we're comfortable with? Like, isn't that the reality? Like, I mean, if, if we're being honest, for some of us, the idea of family operating like a circus, sometimes that feels like it would be an upgrade for you, right? Like, because at least then there would be some level of coordination and cooperation and some order to the chaos that your family has become. Like, then there would be at least some level of, of cooperation and people would get along sometimes and we could actually pull together to accomplish something. And and, and here's one last rub of, of this, one last tension of this. There is in you, like there is in me, this feeling that chaos and confusion and mess and conflict isn't the way family is supposed to be. That no matter what it is you've experienced to this point, that there's actually is better for our families, that there's a better way of operating than just chaos and constant motion and conflict. And confusion that there actually is a better way for our families than the crazy and the circus that we've experienced, and sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes we've even created. And so here's the big question that we're gonna be trying to answer for the next few weeks. How do you live out family so family doesn't feel like a circus? How do you live out family? How do I live? How do, how do those of us who follow Jesus? How do we live out family so that family doesn't feel like a service? Is there a way to approach family relationships and do family better so that the family doesn't end up feeling like chaos and confusion and mess and busy and conflict and hyperspeed motion at all times in all kinds of directions, but actually feels Like it has a purpose and actually feels like there's a plan and actually feels like as a family, we accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish and not just accomplish a bunch of random motion at all kinds of speeds, at all kinds of times, in all kinds of different directions. So it's probably not going to be a big surprise to anyone that I think the answer to that question is found in God's word, specifically is actually found in the New Testament. And the biggest reason that I think that is that there are two institutions in history that God began. That God, t- two institutions that God formed. God instituted the church and God instituted the family. When you think of the institution, I mean, there, there are many institutions that exist in society. Two of them were created by God God created the family and God created the church. God instituted the family and God instituted the church. The church was instituted after Jesus' resurrection. The family was instituted from the very beginning. These are institutions designed by God for the good of people, and for helping people to connect to, their he- to God, their Heavenly Father. And the reason that I can say so confidently that, in, that God's Word has the answers to help family not feel and operate like a circus is this. Since God instituted family to be a force for good, God has a good plan for family. Since God instituted family to be a force for good, before the fall, before, like, when there was just one man and one woman in the world, when God's creation was absolutely perfect, God instituted the family to be a force for good. And from the very beginning, God has had a good plan for the family and a good plan for the purposes of the family and a good plan for how the family is supposed to function and how the family is supposed to work. There is nothing that God created that God didn't create with intentionality or with purpose, including the family or, without, or the plan for how it would function best, including the family and including your family. Now, as, as we begin to talk about this, I want to let you know that God's plan is probably going to tick you off a little bit when I read it. That's a fun introduction, right? Like because God's plan certainly seems to envision a bit of a hierarchy, which is a word that we in the in the year of our Lord 2023 we hate the word hierarchy. But that is that's that 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 is and the idea of a hierarchy that that we're going to uncover in God's word is that someone is supposed to be in charge in the family. Someone is supposed to be in charge in the family. And in the, in, in the analogy of family circus, this actually makes complete sense because every circus that you've ever been to, every, every circus that worked correctly, now you may have been to some really, really bad circuses. You may be into some circuses where they didn't have one of these. And the reason that it didn't function well is because it didn't have one of these. But then what, but every circus that you've ever been to, every good circus that you've ever been to, every circus that you've ever seen in a movie, it had one thing in common. Every successful circus has a ringmaster. Every circle successful circus has a ringmaster or a ringmistress, so as to not be sexist, because a female ringmaster is known as a ringmistress. Again, if you hate the rest of this sermon, at least you learn that there's a thing called a ringmistress, okay? The ringmaster or the ringmistress keeps things flowing. The ringmaster keeps everything moving. The ringmaster coordinates things behind the scenes when they're not the scene itself. They draw attention to what is most important at any given moment, and they link everything together to guide the experience of everyone involved in the circus. And in the same way, every family needs a ringmaster. Someone has to be in charge. Someone has to call the shots. Someone has to break the ties. Someone has to set the priorities and set the pace in the family and point the way for the family. And Ephesians chapter 5, the apostle Paul lays out who should be the ringmaster in every family for all time. Here's how things should work and operate in the family. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 22. Wives, Submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. According to Ephesians 5, verses 23 to 24, the husband is in charge of the family. The husband is supposed to be the ringmaster of the family. If you're a lady watching right now, would you give a hearty amen in the comment section right now? Like and according to this passage of scripture, wives are supposed to and called to and commanded to submit. You're like, I knew it. Another one of these sexist churches with the sexist pastor who thinks women are supposed to be quiet and submissive passengers to their domineering husbands. Hold on, Just sit there in quiet submission while I read what else Paul wrote. That, that's a joke, by the way. Okay, that's a Calm down that, 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 if, if you want to. Okay, here's what he wrote in verse 25 and following. Husbands, This is interesting because in Ephesians 5.22-24, husbands are supposed to be in charge. But in Ephesians 5.25-28, it kind of sounds like wives are in charge since husbands are called to love sacrificially and to not get their way, but to give of ourselves, give ourselves up for the benefit of our wives. Now, that sounds an awful lot like husbands aren't supposed to get their way all the time as the ringmaster and call all the shots as the ringmaster and aren't supposed to get their way every single day and aren't supposed to always make the decision of where they eat and aren't always to make the decision about where they go on vacation and how they're going to spend the money. This makes it sound like maybe the husbands aren't the ringmaster, but the wives are supposed to be the ringmaster. Well, That's confusing. So Paul went on in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 1, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Okay, well, at least now the parents get to breathe a sigh of relief because according to Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, parents are the ringmasters. And all the parents right now are like, a stinking men amen like 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 yeah parents call the shots kids don't call the shots parents call the shots you're going i get it so husbands and wives we work together as the co-ring masters to call the shots over the children got it good call paul And it's a nice idea to think that parents call the shots until you realize from the moment your first child is born, they kind of take over, right? Like you can't make them sleep or eat or do much of anything from the jump. Some of you, your men who you bought 75 inch TVs to watch football on. And every Sunday afternoon, instead of watching football on that TV, you've got bluey on your television because you do not have control of your own TV in your own living room, in your own house. Okay. The kids call the shots. So Paul went on verse four, he says, father's and mothers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Wait, 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 wait. wait. According to Ephesians 6, 4, it sounds like kids are in charge and parents are supposed to bend over backwards to not exasperate or frustrate their children, whatever that means. Like, you're like, okay, well, I'm supposed to make sure that I don't frustrate my kids. That makes it seem like they're in charge. So over the course of let me let me just kind of unpack this. Over the course of 16 consecutive verses, Paul makes four different people the ringmaster of the family, and no one is happy right now. Maybe except except for maybe the children who seem kind of in charge at the end, and Paul didn't come around and make someone else in charge after you. What's the deal with that, right? Because that's confusing and it's unclear, and quite the opposite of saying anyone is in charge. Like that, like there's no ringmaster. E- makes everyone the ringmaster. Makes it makes that. Everyone's the ringmaster, puts everyone on equal footing and is like, like well, so, so wives submit, submit to the husbands, but husbands love sacrificially for their wives. And, and parents, you're in charge over the children, except that parents are supposed to make sure they don't frustrate their children. What's the deal with that? That sounds like a circus. And that's because I intentionally left out the first verse of this passage that actually tells us who is supposed to be in charge as we play out the rest of Paul's commands for the family. Here's that first verse. And I'm telling you, this is a game changer. If you understand this and put this into practice, this is a game changer. Again, we picked up in verse 22 of chapter five, but before verse 22, you may guess what the number is that I'm going to tell you. Before verse 22, there's a verse 21. And in Ephesians 5:21, it tells us this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let me just read it one more time. I'm going to read it real slow and you can maybe read this with me as we read together. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is nine words and this is two game-changing ideas for your family. Next week, we're going to come back to actually the first idea but the second idea is the one that brings everything together. It's those last five words, out of reverence for Christ. And the first one we're going to hit this week is that God's plan for the family is that we would do things a whole heck of a lot different than the way the rest of the world does. Everything in you, you do in your family should be done out of reverence for Christ. That in the family as God intends it to be, this is what would be true. In God's plan for the family, Jesus is the ringmaster. Jesus is the one calling the shots. Jesus is the one breaking the ties. Jesus is the one setting the priorities. Jesus is the one setting the pace. Jesus is the one pointing the way. That when the family is trying to figure out what to do, we don't look first to mom, we don't look first to dad, we don't look first to husband, we don't look first to wife, we don't look first to the kids, we don't look first to the grandparents. We look first to Jesus. That in God's plan for the family, it's not husbands are in charge, it's not wives in charge, it's not parents in charge, it's not kids in charge, it's not husband's wife together in charge. So we make sure things Are equal and everything is divided equally to make sure both parties have equal say and equal responsibility. It's not a strengths based family where, where someone is strong, we let them be in charge of that area and call the shots in that area. And so, someone's strong financially, and someone's strong in the kitchen, and someone's strong in paying the bills, and someone's strong in leading the children, and someone's strong in prioritizing the the, the marriage, and someone's strong in this. And so, we let them lead in their own ways and they get to call the shots. In, in, In this, it is not that. In God's plan for the family, Everything and everyone is submitted to Jesus before everything and everyone else and above anything and above anyone else. What this is getting to, what this is getting to as as we begin to move towards the close today is simply to say this, the quality of your family relationships will always be directly tied to your surrender and your submission to Jesus. The quality of your family relationships will always flow out of, will always be directly tied to your level of submission, your level of surrender to Jesus. That in order to, to do family right, family can't really be done right unless we surrender our family relationships to Jesus. That as a husband, that while I have a verse that says I get to be in charge, that verse falls under my willingness to surrender and submit and do everything in my family out of reverence for Christ. That as wives, while you've got a verse that says you get to be in charge and your husband ought to be sacrificially giving of himself to serve and meet your needs and to improve your life, that while you've got a verse, that verse falls under the heading of we do everything in this family out of reverence for Christ. That while parents, you've got a verse that says that children are supposed to honor and obey, that they're supposed to honor and obey as you surrender and submit yourself as parents out of reverence for Christ. And kids, you gotta whether you're a kid, kid or you're a teenage kid, you're an adult kid, and you're trying to figure out how to be a kid and an adult kid in relation to your your aging adult parents. While you're trying to figure out that and figure out what relationship looks like as you're as you're 24 in relationship with your parents who are in their in their late 40s or early 50s, Like you've got to figure that out. But you figure that out all under the banner of I figure this out out of reverence for Christ, that I want to honor Jesus, I want to glorify Jesus, and I want my family relationships and my family dynamics and the way I treat my mom and the way I treat my dad and the way I treat my husband, the way I treat my wife, the way we treat our kids, the way I treat my parents, the way we treat our in-laws, the way we treat our grandparents, the way we treat everyone. like Everyone in the family, everything is submitted and surrendered to Jesus. And he's the ringmaster. And he calls the shots and he lines everything up and he moves everything according to a plan. And he moves everything according to his purpose. And he points the way according to his purpose. And he breaks the ties where we can't figure out what we're supposed to do in our own human wisdom. He breaks the ties and he sets the priorities for our family because he's the ringmaster and the quality of our family relationships. They may always be a circus and they may always be chaotic and they may always be out of control until we surrender them to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so today, flowing out of that, I've got two or or three ideas that I want to make sure that we we close with. And and the first one is to simply say this. You will never be better at blank than you are at submitting to Jesus. Whether whether it's parenting, marriage, relationship with your in-laws, scheduling, handling, like, you will never be better at that than you are at surrendering and submitting yourself to Jesus. In other words, you will never be a better dad then you are good at surrendering to Jesus because your ability to be the dad that God has created and called you to be is directly tied to whether or not you're willing to submit yourself to the lordship and leadership of Jesus. You'll never be the wife that God has called and created you to be unless you're willing to surrender and submit yourself to the leadership and the lordship of Jesus. It's directly tied together. You'll never be the kid in relationship with your parents who honors and obeys. You're like, I don't want to obey. That's part of the problem. I don't, I don't want to honor. That's fine. I understand you don't want to. I didn't when I was a teenager either. I, there's moments I still don't want to. Like, I, like, I, like I get it. But you'll never be the child that you were called to be, whether you're five, whether you're 15, whether you're 25, whether you're 35, whether you're 55 and your parents are still like whatever age you find yourself at. You will never be the child that God created and called you to be in relationship to your parents because our level of submission and surrender to Jesus is what causes everything else to flow and allows us to be the parents, be the children, be the husband and wife be the parents that we were called to be, be the in-laws that we were called to be, be the grandparents that we were called and created to be by God. You can't be the thing that God created you to be unless you're willing to surrender to the Son and the Lordship of God. You'll never be better at, at whatever it is than you are at submitting to Jesus. And so the second idea is simply this. If you want to be great at blank, become great at submitting to Jesus. Like, If I I can't be better at at, at this, then I will be at following Jesus. Well, If I want to be a great dad, if I want to be a great mom, if I want to be a great husband, if I want to be a great wife, if I want to be a great parent, if I want to be a great grandparent, if I want to be a great in-law, if I want to be a great child... Then the answer for me to become a great blank is for me to become great at submitting to Jesus. If you want to be a great husband, become great at submitting your husbandship to Jesus. If you want to be a great wife, become great at submitting to Jesus and letting Him lead the way. If you want to become a great parent, become great at submitting your parenting to Jesus. If you want to be a great child, become great at submitting to Jesus. It'll help you and submit to your parents. If you want to be a great in law, become great at submitting to Jesus as an in-law. If you want to get better at scheduling with your family, become great at submitting your time and your schedule to Jesus and letting him point the way. If you want to become great at handling finances as a family, become great at submitting your finances and your bills and your income to Jesus and letting him point the way. I'm just telling you, in the family as God designed it, in the family as God has purposed. If if you want your family, whatever your family looks like, if you're a single parent, if you're a single mom, a single dad, and you're raising two or three children, if you're a mom and dad, if you're a husband and wife raising your children, if you're grandparents and you've got grandkids in your home, like whatever your family looks like, I believe God has brought that family together and brought your family together for a reason, for a purpose and with a plan. And the first step in that plan is to realize that in God's plan for the family, Jesus is the ringmaster. And I'm just telling you, if you settle that in your heart and in your spirit and in your family relationships and in your relationship as husband and wife, your relationship as parent and children, if you're in your relationship with you as a parent, with your, with your parents who are now grandparents of your kids, like if you settle that, I'm just telling you, that begins a whole new way of life and a much better way of life for your family. And I know you what you're thinking and it's only you you're pushing back right now and what your thought is is like, well that's too simple. It just it can't be that easy. I would say this. If your family feels like a circus all the time, chances are it's because something or someone other than Jesus has been functioning as the ringmaster of your family. Maybe it's you. Maybe you've had to get your way all the time and you've been the ringmaster. And you've been coordinating and you've been scheduling and you've been directing the finances. And I'm just telling you, as good as you are, you're not God. As great as you are, you are not the sinless son of God come to earth. And so you can't be the ringmaster of your family. Maybe it's maybe it's your spouse that they're you know really great at organizing, they're really great at at a lot of things, and so they call all the shots. And 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 again, it's still as as good as they are at organizing, and as good like. There's just too many things spinning because they can't control the whole world in the palm of their hands. But we serve a God who has the whole world in his hands and has your whole world in his hands. Maybe, maybe you've had just, maybe it's not anyone calling the shots, but the schedule. And between the kids' events and the kids' school and the church stuff and, and everything else you're involved with at work and after work and the programs that you do and the hobbies that you have, just the schedule is calling the shots. And I'm telling you, a schedule that is not submitted to Jesus cannot be the the, the the ringmaster of your life. But some of you you have a schedule that's out of control and it's serving as the ringmaster of your life. Some of you, you've got some financial indiscretion or financial irresponsibility that has unfortunately become the ringmaster, and because of decisions that you've made to involve debt and to not pay off debt and to use credit cards and to take out loans that you shouldn't have been taking out and to to buy a house that you couldn't afford, unfortunately, that debt has become the ringmaster of your life. If your family feels like a circus, chances are pretty good it's because someone or something other than Jesus has been calling the shots in your family, and you know it. And it's time to make a change. And it's time to surrender and to submit to the only one who actually is good enough, strong enough, loving enough, caring enough, compassionate enough, understanding enough, powerful enough, strong enough, wonderful enough, and able to raise your family out of the chaos and confusion into a new and living way as a family. His name is Jesus. And as Paul commands multiple times in the New Testament, he is supposed to be the ringleader of your family, the ringmaster, not the ringleader, that too, but the ringmaster of your family. And your family will only be the family that God has called you and created you to be and purposed you to be when you begin to submit your family and everything that you do as a family to the lordship and the leadership of Jesus Christ. And so here's what I want us to do for just a moment. As as, as we come to a close, I want you to just imagine with me for a moment that you make the decision to do that right now. And imagine what happens in your family as things are no longer out of control, but they are in control in the loving hands of a God who loves you and can hold the whole world, including your family, in his hands. That your schedule no longer feels out of control. Now, chances are, you have an out-of-control schedule and you submit it to Jesus. Jesus is going to tell you to take some stuff out of your schedule that doesn't meet, that isn't on it, uh, the most important things. But just imagine you submit to the lordship and leadership of Jesus and all of a sudden your schedule no longer feels out of control because now it's in the control of the hands who hold the whole world. Just imagine your relationships with each other actually get better because as husbands and wives, you're not fighting over who's in control because at the end of the day, you're both submitted to the lordship and the leadership of Jesus Christ. Let's, let's, let's I imagine that as parents and kids, you're not fighting over who's control and who gets their way in the home and who gets their way with what you eat and who gets their way when it comes to the weekends and who gets their way when it comes to curfew because you're both fully submitted to the lordship and leadership of Jesus Christ within your family. I'm just telling you, that is worth pursuing. It's worth living for. It's worth surrendering and submitting to Jesus for. Because Jesus, God our Heavenly Father, has a good plan for your family, and it starts with Jesus as the ringmaster of your family, so that your family doesn't have to feel like a circus, but it can be ordered by the hands of the one who created you, the one who called you, and the one who has a purpose in and for your family relationships. So today, I hope you'll choose Jesus as the ringmaster of your family. Some of you are like, I, I, I've already made Jesus the Savior of my life. That's great. That's a great first step. For some of you, the step today is to take today. It's not a salvation thing. It's not asking Jesus into your heart. It's making the decision that Jesus gets the central place and the supreme place in your family relationships. And as you do that, he will change everything. And you're like, I don't know if I like that. He will change everything for the good and for the better of your family relationships. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you are good and that you have good for every one of us in our family and in our family relationships. And God, I pray right now for every family that has felt like at some point along the way, family has gotten to be a circus. And it's not sometimes, it's all the time. And God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that we would have the wisdom to hear with, with, with the ears that you want us to hear with, that we have the eyes to see the areas of our life that need to course correct. And God, that we would have the wisdom ultimately to look to you, to look to your son and to do everything we do in our families out of reverence for Jesus Christ. And we would have the wisdom to make Jesus the ringmaster of our family, to choose Jesus over and over and over and over and over again, every single day as the ringmaster of our families. And so God, help us as husbands and wives, as parents and children, as moms and dads, as grandparents, as in-laws, help us to choose to be submitted to you, to be surrendered to you, to let Jesus lead the way in every one of our family relationships. And God, while this sounds so simple, God, we know this isn't easy. So God, would you give us wisdom to choose it? And would you put, give us courage to keep putting it into practice? even when it's incredibly difficult. And God, as we do this, would you use our family relationships and would you improve our family relationships and would you use them to bring about good in us and for us and through us for the rest of the world? We love you, God. And we pray that you would have your way in us and in our families in Jesus' name, amen.